Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. Ashley Dallas is a five-time Golden Guitar winner who has released five studio albums, winning the Golden Guitar for Traditional Country Album of the Year for her most recent album, In the Moment. She's also an ambassador for the Dolly Parton Imagination Library, which keeps her pretty busy, and her latest single is Secondhand Stories. I saw Ashley play at Tamworth Town Hall during this year's Tamworth Country Music Festival. I'm still recovering. It was an emotional time. Hello, Ashley. Hello. It's so nice to be back with you, Sophie. Thanks so much. It's lovely to see you again, and that was just such an extraordinary show because every time I see you play live... Not that I need reminding that you're such an extraordinary musician across a range of instruments as well as a singer and, and uh, an all-round performer, but just the, the the heart, the love you bring to your shows, it was all there on that stage, which was your home stage. I hope you felt the love from the audience. I, yeah, look, I really did feel the love from the audience and I felt like the room just went with me wherever I was going on the night, you know, and um. It's funny, I I, stu- I found myself in a real space of like nostalgia throughout the whole evening and I think it's just because it's been such a dream to play a venue like the Tamworth Town Hall and the amount of history in that, in that building, there's a spirit within that before you even put people in there. Mm. So um, this year, you know, it was our third time playing there for our festival show and it just it's feeling bigger and brighter each year and I'm feeling more and more you know, authentically myself each each time I'm playing as well. And I think this year was just a real cherry on all the times that we've played and, and I'd turned into an absolute puddle at the end of the night. I just walked off stage. I think I even cried before I'd even got off stage, to be honest. <laughs> oh, look, we're all, we're all there with you. <laughs> Someone said to me at the merch line, your show needs to have like, you know, the, the tissues on the seats for everybody <laughs> along the way. And I was like, oh, I hope... I hope, um, you know, that was a good thing, which I think it was. I think there's so much, um, I think people are just really craving connection. And I know that's for me, the total driving force of everything I do musically is is that connection and, and real connection. And um, yeah, it was a really lovely evening. And I, yeah, I walked off and before went out to the merch table and had to take a real moment to just absorb it. Yeah. Uh, and I think, yeah, that connection, it's always fascinating the way it works and it's nothing that we can really define in music, but you can hear it in your voice. And I, and I do yeah. think the audience can really sense that in a performer who wants to connect and it's coming from that, from a deep well of authenticity and heart. And there's just something that there's a quality in the voice that comes through. And so I think what, and it was, it was a long set you played. Um, and you had it throughout. So I think that's why by the end everyone was just <laughs> in the <tunnel> with you. <laughs> Weeping with me. <laughs> I need to put a disclaimer out. But, you know, I think too, to be honest as well, I think the last few years when we didn't get to play as many live shows, I really have a different approach every single time I play a show now. Right. And, and it is that mindset of this is really special to be able to do this it's special to play it with the musicians on stage Mm -hmm. and the stories that we're sharing and I feel all of that I make sure I'm taking you know I'm being really mindful of those spaces before I've even stepped out on stage and I think that has truly changed the way that I even sing to be honest because 
I just don't want to take any moment on stage for granted at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just because I know how incredibly special that place and that space is and how much I missed it when I couldn't do it. Right. Uh, and you you said just a little earlier that that you felt the third time you played Tamworth Town Hall and you felt more authentically yourself every time, which is a, a really intriguing statement because I always think of you as being so authentically yourself. But that suggests that that maybe you know the first time you played there, you felt like you had to be a certain type of performer in that space, maybe, and then the second time a little less like a certain type of performer, and then this time you felt like you could be Ashley Dallas. Yeah, well, I think the first time I played it, you know, I was putting so much pressure also on myself, you know, to play, to announce that we're playing the Tenworth Town Hall as well um, was a big thing. But also the hometown girl, you know, the the local girl who whose journey around the festival and also around the town for the rest of the 365 days was, you know, available at so many live and free shows. Mm-hmm. So to take on that step where we knew we needed to move into a bigger space and also a ticketed kind of realm that comes with of course the balance of feeling like I owed other things to people I guess in a sense and I didn't want my town because you know I'm really proud of my community and where I've grown up I didn't want them to think that I was you know trying to become something that they didn't think was you know who I was um, and I was really kind of nervous if my hometown crowd would follow me on the journey. And and they've been amazing, honestly. My community here in Tamworth is is really strong. We've obviously got the beautiful Tamworth Regional Conservatorium of Music who mm-hmm. um, present the show and, and have their youth choir. But each year I think um, I've just started, I, I trust my musical instinct more and I know I've just got to lean into that more and more. And as I've done that, um, you know, the show has always over exceeded the expectation of what I was, you know, thinking it was going to be. So when you say trusting your musical instinct, do you mean in terms of which songs you you select or like or the order of songs or just, just showing up and what comes from that? Yeah, well, I always, I well, to, to be honest, I used to be an artist and I still very rarely follow it to a T, but I'm not a set list kind of artist. I've never... <laughs> I've always gone with the spontaneity of also reading a room and the energy. And I think, you know, when you start then playing festival shows and being on, you know, main stages and then you're doing the ticketed realm, obviously, and working with actual other collaborators, you know, you start to craft sets. So for me, even that was daunting at first, if I'm being honest, because the thought of having a structured playlist essentially for the evening I was like but what happens if we're song six and nothing's working (laughs) like so um so I've really lent into that and I've learned how to communicate you know now I've always grown up playing with my family and now we're starting to have different players and all of those exciting things as music evolves but also that's let me know that I have probably not taken for granted because I know it's always been a beautiful thing with family but I've never realized how much I didn't have to say with my you know my dad or my brother because they would just tell with the look in my eye of okay she's about to change whereas now I've had to (laughs) warn people essentially that there's this sort of gypsy within my music that if I feel that the night needs to go somewhere else please follow me with, you know, follow my lead on that and just support me as much as you can. 
So I'm guessing that means the band, because you do have a band. So you're, it's your father, Brett, and your brother, Lindsay, are in that band. But there are other people who are not family members in the band. So I'm I'm guessing that means you rehearse a whole lot of songs. And then, so if you do change your mind about the order, you can just turn around and say, it's this song. Or or do you not rehearse the songs? You just say, surprise. <laughs> Some No, a lot of the time, to be really honest with you, a lot of the time when I'm going to throw a curveball, it could be even something they've never played before. <laughs> And, you know, we do have chances where we rehearse, but the more that I'm travelling, you know, interstates and stuff, obviously that's different players as well. But um, my core band that I generally always use um, and any musicians, you know, when we did Cruise and Country, I just sort of said in the middle of my set, I'm like, this is where I'm likely to go (laughs) somewhere very different. And I think that's the musician in me, to be honest, is that, I have surrounded myself. Musicians are wonderful. Their instinct is, you know, it's un- it's just there. And I love that about music and I love that about my set is that sometimes, you know, if, if the pedal steel, if we've got pedal steel in and it's playing an amazing solo and he's feeling it, mm. that I want that to go. If it feels natural to go again, then go again. So I just love that, you know, freedom with our players and 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 I always just say um you know I remember when Adam my drummer like who's played with me so much over the last 10 years in particular when he first started playing with me he's like where like where are the charts and all of all that stuff and I was like oh they'll come but um I wouldn't probably follow them exact I'm such a feel it kind of person (laughs) yeah yeah, so but there are parts, obviously, it's become known, you know, if I'm going to do a cover or something, I generally ashify it. I like to say I ashify things. Um, and that, you know, spontaneity with how the music feels on the night is what I love. It's like a, it just gives me such an adrenaline rush when everyone on stage without fully rehearsing that moment has a moment and the audience connects to it and it's such a feeling of like oh there it is that's so special yeah I think it's wonderful that since you've been you you have been playing since childhood um and for that to to you to still be so passionate about it as we as I can see talk you talking about it and also seeing you on stage I know that you are I think music is in your marrow but still there was no guarantee that you would have this long of a career and it's, and it's so long only because you started so young and still be so in love with it yeah oh I think it's the why I'm in love with it is is that feeling you know and I think younger 20-year-old Ash crossed her lines on what the love was going to be and I think that's when I lost or fell out of love but it wasn't that I ever fell out of love with music I fell out of love with more of the business side of music and that's when I learned in my very early 20s that business mind Ash and music mind can never be in the one room together (laughs) because it just does not they're not even near the same person um and and it's that feeling for me it comes down to when I think about yeah music when I think about records the live shows any time I ever sit and go what do I want to achieve it's it's feeling it's that um whether it be how the the band makes me feel it's the song it's if it's just a simple acoustic show um this well how can I you know really delve into this connection and um yeah, I'm really 
I'm really proud of what we're building in that sense. You know, I know um, there's lots of different reasons why people create and do their art, but that's, that's to me the passion. And when I play with my musicians too, like I just trust my musicians so much and I want them to have fun mm-hmm. and enjoy and remember why we all love music. We're all music lovers essentially and that's what needs to be sung up. And you had a, next, a new generation, a next generation of, of music lovers and performers on stage with you. You mentioned the Tamworth Conservatorium of Music. There was a choir of very young people. Well, at raging, and age, raging in age, one was seemed very, very little. And then there were some who were slightly older, but there was a lot of kids on stage that, to fit mm-hmm. in. Um, so what is your involvement with the Conservatorium? So we work um, every term four for the last three years for the Tenworth Show in particular. We work with the youth choir. So this year the ages were six to 14 or 15. And um, this year saw a different aspect come in. I wanted to also have a songwriting element with the choir. So the older students who were interested in songwriting um, and all of them had never done it before, they just were, you know, curious and have got a sort of love for it but didn't know where to start. So we had two lesson times, one where we met as a choir and worked together on all the pieces and then the next class was writing a song and why do we like songs and what is it about songs that we like. Mm. And I loved that this year with the con um, and I just loved seeing the youth, you know, and these teenagers start to believe that what they're actually feeling they have another outlet to now explore and I so remember when I first started writing and and being you know intrigued by melody and and these rhyming patterns I I remember that was just such I was like oh my goodness I've found a friend (laughs) so um I'm really proud of that partnership with the con I first started there when I was two and a half in early childhood music and I also teach there through the year with early childhood music and go to the preschools and teach you know the toddlers and the cute um, preschool kids um, music stuff which is just it's really joyful like it's um, sometimes chaos but (laughs) it's a lot of joy Uh, I was sitting in the front row for your show so I could see the expressions on the faces of the children as they came out and it was it was so sweet to see which of them were just completely unafraid and which were terrified and which actually sort of started terrified and then relaxed into it as time went on. (laughs) I know I always said to at rehearsals you know um you know you will realize on the night what we're practicing has got to feel different again because it's the show aspect and I do love looking across and seeing the realization of some students going like there's actual people out there (laughs) and they're watching me yeah like oh no they're watching me (laughs) but it's so it's it's was so important for me I I remember all the times in my community here of Tamworth when I had an opportunity to be in the space of the town hall and it has a lot of link back to the con and um and that was a really important aspect for me when we launched this show also to have that community involvement and and to hopefully let the kids, you know, we let them out, like they go out the back, they all get their little triple A passes and um, they all get a merch shirt with their names like a tour list on the back and they're just moments, I, you know, whether they choose to be in the industry or a creative arts or whatever they choose to be, my meta, like, motto with them is, as long as you're being you and finding the joy in what you do, 
like in this in this little moment you know take that away and and remember how you felt when you just you tried something um yeah and it's it's really great it's it fills my heart a lot now in previous conversations we have established that your elder daughter Harriet uh, is well on her way to being a musician herself is she a student at the con She's enrolled, yes. She's on. Uh, she's starting piano this year, which is very exciting. Um, and she's been, you know, within the early childhood programs also. And and she's a little bit lucky in that sense. Also, she gets extra lessons of Pop or myself or her uncle. <laughs> <laughs> and I would imagine it's not long before she's going to be your backup singer. <laughs> oh, I can <laughs> see. Well, she's, she's already said after Tamworth, Bless her. She's like, I just think I, I could have done more in the show. <laughs> and she's being fully serious. Like, and it's not that she's, you know, when I, because when she first said that, I got really worried. And I was like, darling, you're great. Right. And she's like, no, I know I was great. Like, I loved it, but I could have done more. I know more songs. And, <laughs> and it's so, she's just eager. She just, yeah. loves music and even when we're driving in the car you know and I've been listening to some of the new you know new demos and trying to get process around some new songs and she'll ask me to stop oh mommy now it's my turn I'll sing you my new song and she just starts making up limericks and little tunes and melodies and and rhyming and I'm like it's ama- it's amazing it's just what she's absorbed by being simply around you know, music and, and the writing rooms and stuff, She's it's there. <laughs> well, of course, for your next album, if one of her songs is not on it, I imagine you're going to get a critique. <laughs> I think I will. I think I think there will be quite something to be said about that. But I love to. She just has no idea, um, you know. she. I think she honestly thinks that everyone has a mum and a grandfather who sing music. She's just so... And like, you know, Amber Lawrence will come on the radio and she's like, Mum, that's Amber. And she's got such an awareness. Um, but she just thinks Amber too. It's how cool Ike's mum sings too. Like she just thinks <laughs> all these people's parents sing. <laughs> Which is great because I think Ike himself is not that impressed every time I see him at a show, he's like, nah. <laughs> I've said to Amber, I reckon one day they might swap. You never know. The tides may turn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, and, of course, you, know, you grew up with a musical grandfather, so Harriet has her grandfather, Brett, your grandfather, Rex, was musical. So this is four generations of Dallas musicians. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's wild to think of, you know, of that. And and I, I remember the first festival like in the first year of traveling when Harriet had an awareness you know probably when she was one and a half two she started she was really cluey and when she was able to speak you know in that kind of three-year-old age she really grounded me in in reminding me of where I fell in love with music to be honest I remember being nominated at the 2022 Golden Guitar Awards and just feeling, you know, nervous and all those things, all of that worry about, oh, what's, you know, what's going to happen? And we had a rehearsal where Harriet was just so into it all and was like, I'm going to sing on that stage one day, Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. She thought she could just sing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. And I remember just stopping and going, why are you so in your head right now? The kid 
inside you is exactly where you want it to always be. So enjoy it. Yeah. And that's just why I always use my girls as constant reminders of be gentle on on the journey and absorb it, absorb it for what it is because it's exactly the dream that you've wanted to do. Because we can overcomplicate things for ourselves, adults. Absolutely we can. I'd like to know when the switch really came into that, you know, mindset for for us and um I that's one thing as a parent that I'm afraid of seeing happen with my girls to be honest because I think sometimes yeah we over overthink it we can you know I am classic at drawing scenarios before anything's ever even happened (laughs) which yeah I guess is a form of disaster preparation but then when the disaster doesn't happen you're still bracing for impact yeah you are you're still there in emergency crash landing position or something (laughs) So I've always, you know, I think the biggest thing in the last few years, and I think that's been partly where the shifts have come within my music, to be honest. And, you know, I have had a long time making music and being in the industry, but I really feel it's been the last five years with music. And it's funny to say that because so many, the few of them were in the pandemic mm-hmm. where I really felt that connection to my audience and I found my audience. And I think it's these little things, these little reminders of being, you know, I think with musicians and, and you would understand as a publisher as well and, and a writer yourself, you, you're in a project and the, but that project's getting ready to be publicised, you're already kind of thinking or you're already working on the next project already. So I've just been really mindful of stopping and absorbing and taking in each you know each chapter and each step mm-hmm. yeah there is a lot of pressure I think to to keep going keep going keep going which is an unfortunate place actually for me to talk about your new song that's like <laughs> Next on my list. <laughs> so, I love it. But uh, so, you know, but Secondhand Stories has been out for a little while. So this is no pressure on you to release some new, new songs. Secondhand Stories is out. I believe you wrote it at the DAG songwriting retreat in Nundal. So who did you write it with? Yeah. So this was written at the DAG uh, two retreats ago. So the 2022 retreat, I believe. Um, yeah, it was actually. And I wrote it with Natasha Soonchild and Margaret Ann King. And it was our last official day of writing. And um, I love the DAG with Johnny Crisulja. He has this system where he puts everyone who is there to write with, you know, the mentors or the tutors. He puts all the names in a hat and he passes it around to us mentors and we pick out the name. He lets it to the universe. Yeah. And um, this Sunday I was actually meant to be writing with another student who had to attend to some other um, things off campus. So I was walking into the mess hall on this Sunday morning and I was going to Johnny K. I was like, I've got I've got a free, you know, space. Is there anyone I need to be, you know, is there someone I can write with? Is anyone interested? And I remember when I first met Tash out there, we just clicked. It kind of felt like we'd known each other from a previous adventure or something. And she was right in earshot and she said, I'd love to write with you, but I'm also meant to be writing with Margaret Ann King. And I was like, oh, she's fantastic. Let's all write together. So 
we weren't technically meant to write, um, which is I love that, again, the universe shines. And I think putting us three females in a room, uh, naturally conversation just flowed. Mm-hmm. And we in particular started talking about travelling and when we have travelled and how that little or father has been, you know, um, the things that have shaped us or the things that we've seen that we've taken on from. And we all had a commonality of somebody has said to us how lucky we are to also be living these, you know, travelling lives. Mm-hmm. And I just said in a throwaway comment, oh, well, if only they didn't live through a secondhand story. Oh. And we all kind of went, ping, ping, ping. Yeah. <laughs> we all, all of our creative heads went really excited. Yeah. So we just took that as we kind of knew that was going to be our title. And we'd, you know, been talking for probably an hour or so. And we kind of just, it just flowed. I picked up the guitar, Margaret was the writer and and Tash was, we were just all, you know, equally and no one held back. That's what I love about this session. I can sit and just see we were all just sitting around the coffee table together in this kind of triangular, you know, weird circle thing and and we just, it just happened. And as soon as it, we finished, and throughout the whole writing process, we all had moments where we stopped and we were getting really excited. Mm-hmm. And I knew pretty much as soon as that was finished, I was like, girls, do you mind if I record this? Because I'm in love with it. <laughs> so it's, um, yeah, taken from September 2022 to be out now, which is really great that it is. Which is pretty quick work, actually, when you think about the genesis of a song and, and the development of it and, and all the stages that have to go into making it something that you can release as an Ashley Dallas song as well, because that's the other thing. It wasn't, even though you wanted to record it, it wasn't necessarily going to be an Ashley Dallas song until you put it through your processes. Yeah, and I think, too, I believed in this song so much that I knew as well I wanted it to be the show title for to kickstart us for 2024 and I knew then that throughout 2024 this was going to going to be my theme um and I just and I never to be honest with you Sophie I've never had that instantly with a song so confidently as well like to the fact I I remember when I played it to dad I was like dad this is going to be the title of an album it's going to be a show name and he's like (laughs) miss miss free over here who doesn't like structure is so prepared (laughs) but it was just I I don't know it really channeled something with me um and I think it's you know even when we went into the studio it's it's kind of it still sounds very much you know you can tell it's the next chapter Mm -hmm. of my songs and it still feels connected to you know the story that I've been sharing but there is an involvement in sound and and different approaches that we both dad and I have worked together in the studio and it just kind of kept taking us to new spaces and I love that it did Mm -hmm. and I kind of think that's what when I wrote it I kind of knew deep down that it was going to also do that I just felt so wildly yeah connected and in love with the spirit of this song Mm-hmm. And in fact, it will be the title of your next album, which will be out later this year. Now, I remember talking to you last year because after you recorded in the moment, you were you were writing, writing, writing. You had dozens of songs. You went to your father, uh, Brett, and said, "Okay, well, I'm ready to start recording." So I'm 
I'm suspecting that the album is probably already recorded. <laughs> pretty much, yeah, look, we're just putting some final touches on it in the sense of a few months ago I kind of probably put push pause on it for a minute just to sort of sit with the songs that we had done because, to be honest, I haven't stopped writing as well during even this recording process and I think I started to maybe with the amount of songs that I had confused myself also, <laughs> if that makes, going like, oh, is this is this really, are these the songs? But I took some time as well. We lost my nan in um, September last year and that was really um, like sudden. And right. I just also wanted some time where we pressed stop and because we were so ahead of our working schedule that we were able to do that. And I think even if we weren't able to do it, it was it was important. It was what was needed to happen. But the album, um, yeah, Secondhand Stories is going to be out later this year. We'll have a few more singles to tease along our listeners um, and to invite into the journey. But it's it's exciting because, as I said, I haven't stopped writing and it just, to me, lets me know that the next thing is also already in my scope. <laughs> I, I, I am not at all surprised. <laughs> now, so in telling me the story about how Secondhand Stories, the song was written, and you said it was a phrase that you uttered and the song got written, well, I interviewed Luke O'Shea around the time of The Next Best Thing coming out and he confessed that the title for that song was something that you had said to him and he went, oh, great, I think I'll take that. And you said, So I'm glad he actually let you sing on the song that you invertedly <laughs> <So why>? heard. <laughs> Oh my! I remember he, he when he sent me next best thing, and he's like, "I have to tell you, this is based off our phone conversation the other day when you were venting about. Oh, we're always looking for the next best thing." He's like, and I went, "He's like, I don't even remember what you said after that. I was just writing this song." <laughs> and I love, yeah, it was awesome that Luke, you know, asked me to be on that track. And anytime collaborating. With Luke, you know, it's. I think that's also been a big part of my journey in the last five years. Also, is Luke is such a fundamental spirit of being in the here and now too, mm. and you can't help but kind of absorb that when you're around his energy. Um, and yeah, I love what next best thing is. You know, it's done for us in the sense of it's connected to people. It was a beautiful nostalgia to that song um and it was yeah it's such a cool thing to be out with it and having seen the two of you do a show together um I hope there's more of that in the future because he's outrageously naughty in a very charming way and you match that energy you don't do not let him off the hook for anything (laughs) no I think people are a bit shocked sometimes when they've seen us live because I just you know I think it's important to have that quick wit when you're around him Oh yeah, it's a quick draw situation. He's he is ready with the ammo. You're you are firing back. It's yeah. It kind of reminds you know he's got this kind of you know a beautiful um you know friendship where it's kind of like I don't know if he's like my adopted older brother, but I think it's more like the uncle situation. You know where he's like. And I love his girls. His girls are beautiful, and they're often always like, "Yeah, make sure you give it back to dad." And I think that's a fair call. Um, so I'm going to actually take the spirit of the title of the song you did together and suggest that Luke is your next best collaborator. So that, so then I'd like to know who your best collaborator is. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, see, that's one thing in my 
own solo world. I haven't ever recorded a collab since my first album. Um, there's some dream collaborations, of course, um, to have in there. But I guess if we're talking about collaborators that I've, you know, essentially always worked, it'd have to be my dad. Yeah. It'd have to be um, because we just, we do so much together. Um, so I'd have to say dad, because even early on in my career, we were writing songs together before I started to go off and do other co-writing experiences and, and retreats. Um, and then obviously musically, we we just sit and we play um, and dad's always been with me and I, and I know when I go out and do other things and produce in other ways or whatever, you know, wherever this road takes me in that sense, there's one thing that my dad Brett has always said too about the musicianship behind a singer-songwriter as an artist, that the musicianship needs to really support, not overtake it's like everything is to the integrity of the lyric, the integrity to the story, and how can you enhance that story? So, you know, I think um, that would have to be my best and biggest love of collaborating is with my dad. And it's still ongoing. And uh, because I also remember when we were talking about you writing songs after In The Moment was released, and essentially because you're dad is your producer and he lives close by you could just call him and say well I'm coming around <laughs> yeah and I do <laughs> I do I invested after Christmas I invested in a decent coffee machine <laughs> so I literally now ring dad and say I've got a coffee and I'm on my way <laughs> he's like okay <laughs> whatever we're going to do I'll find out when you get here (laughs) so and I think that's been beautiful dad and I too have have really found a beautiful community also that um you know by playing in different experiences you know like the cruising country stages and when you're playing with different players and and I think I personally too I really feel that love from you know our peers and stuff with what we're doing which is just awesome when it gets to that sort of you know point where you believe what people are telling you or so yeah. <laughs> you know you're like, oh okay they're not just being nice <laughs> yeah, and, I, and I think people do say things if they mean them especially because there are so many great artists working in the Australian country music genre it is really competitive the festival I think has a lot to do with that you're all in the one place you can all see what everyone else is doing. There is there is a finite number of tickets that people are prepared to buy for anything. Um, yeah. So the standards just keeps getting higher and higher. So I don't think people say things falsely if they admire you. It's like, you know, this, this just, yeah, it's a high, high bar. Yeah, you're right. And I think that's great, the music that we're, you know, the amount of music that people are able to now release. I think that's a growing tide for, for our industry. And I think, you know, as I've developed my own journey and, and grown into the person, you know, I am now, you know, I, I used to remember, you know, people, again, in those early 20s, they'd be like, oh, reach out if you want steel on this or something. And I'd be like, no, they that would be annoying if I did that. <laughs> Whereas, you know, now I don't, I just, I'm like, they wouldn't say that if they didn't, you know, want to do it or yeah, so I'm really trusting, you know, the space that I'm in. Fantastic. Well, someone you work with a little bit in several capacities is Lynn Votel. So Lynn is the director of the Academy of Country Music. You uh, are 
a mentor, I think that's the correct term, or a teacher at least at the academy. I saw you at the Junior Academy. Um, and the two of you are doing sun, sand and songs in the middle of the year. So this looks like a songwriting retreat. Yeah, so this is a part of um, Limbo Tells started, uh, she launched them last year, the She Retreat, which is for female songwriters. And uh, they're small boutique kind of numbers. And she's done a few last year and they were just so beautifully accepted and welcomed, you know. Um, and she asked me to join her on Keppel Island. <laughs> so oh, that, that's horrible. That, You're going to put up with that. <laughs> going to be a very hard few days at work. Uh, so we are heading out to Keppel Island in July out of the Tamworth winter. And um, we're having a beautiful few days there at the She Retreat where it's, you know, basing on one-on-one songwriting within the group and, and collaborating and in a really safe space as well, with, which is going to be really beautiful. So you're working with artists at the Academy, um, you're teaching songwriting there, you've been at the DAG um, as a songwriter, but also you're teaching through the Conservatory of Music. That's quite a lot of teaching that you're doing. Is that, it strikes me that it's something that you are doing instinctually, that you have this have this instinct to share knowledge and that's so teaching's coming from that place. Is that correct to say? I'd Yeah, I reckon I never sort of thought I would, be a teacher of music um but I love it I kind of I just again I just love sharing you you know that joy and the knowledge of of what I know and um you know I've still got a lot to learn and I also admit that whenever I'm in you know mentoring roles etc but I think you I always remember the people that have stopped along my way and offered amazing advice and also the advice that I heard one person tell me, you know, at, at Academy actually too, said to me, not everything you hear is going to be something that will resonate with you. But if you sit here and listen to it all, mm-hmm. you then will have an understanding of all the ways that, you know, can work. And and I approach that and I like to share that with people too as much as I can. So, um, and I think I'm such a, pe- I love being around people. I love you know, talking and connecting and sharing. So it's um it's a really fulfilling and rewarding part of the music industry for me though, to be honest. It kind of fills the cup as well, being able to give back, you know, watching toddlers and preschool kids get really excited that they can clap the beats and, and stop and pause and the fun in that. I think that's the other part. I love the the fun around that side and then the songwriting I just I'm a sucker for you know story and in in lyric being such a thing for me of what I just want to keep bettering as an artist myself so I always I love getting in a writing session especially you know with youth and they go I want to write this song and you start asking why Mm -hmm. and they're like oh because it's the song that I think such an, and once you hear it's a song, I think that someone else or uh, I'm always like, oh, all right, let's dig deeper. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> I think my academy students this year said I had a way to just, you know, make people want to share and, and, and cry if they need to or, or laugh absolutely silly things. But yeah, I do love that moment where you can give to somebody and, and do it knowing and hoping that they just find the enjoyment around it and keep going on their way. Yeah. 
um, which is beautiful. It's beautiful to be able to offer that to someone. As you said, it's it's come to you as well, but it doesn't, it's not always the case that a continuum happens, but I get the sense that for you it is very much you feeling this continuum of, of energy flowing towards you and you're passing it on. Yeah, I think it's really important to do that. I think it's um I think we all could do more of it too. I think when something works for somebody and you can tell, you know, um I worked in the beauty industry. I haven't worked in it for a long time now since well not a long long time, but long enough that I've been out of it. But I know, you know, sometimes people go, "Oh, something's worked for us." and they go to share it and they go and it's like knowledge is power for every I get, but it's, you know, the more that people can you know, lift each other up, I just think what a brighter place for everybody. And also then it creates a safe place for people as well when things aren't working and you can turn and know that you can, you know, have somebody there still in your corner either way. So for me it's it's such an important part in this beautiful country music family, to be honest, is to be able to help and, and give back and still learn yourself. Mm-hmm. And in amidst all of this, you've still got some festival gigs to play. Coming up, you have the Stockroot Music Festival. That looks like quite a big deal. Yeah, I'm really excited. That's happening in April, uh, April 20th, which is actually my birthday. So the oh. family get off easy this year and they don't have to organise a dinner or anything. We're going to a festival. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it Dubbo? Have I got that right? Yeah, so it's out at Dubbo, which is so awesome. And it's headlined by Dan Davidson from Canada and Travis Collins and uh, the Bushwhackers, Max Jackson, Robbie Mortimer and Aaron Jurd and, and myself on there. So it's going to be awesome. We're going to drive on out. We're going to have a few days as well as a family to stop and go to the zoo that we've been promising Harriet for the last few years that we'd get to. So it'll be a nice weekend of music and family time. And then in August, I think it is, the Gimpy Music Buster is happening. Now, this was, your involvement was announced before the end of last year, actually. So they're very well organised. They are super organised. And I'm I'm so excited to be heading back to the muster. We played uh, this year gone and um, it's always awesome to get on that lineup. Um, it's just such a wonderful, like the canopy of the trees. And I think it's kind of like its own little postcode essentially like you you get out there and you realize that you're you're far enough away from everything you feel disconnected and that you're ready just to absorb with all the muster mates so we're very excited to be playing up there at the muster Uh, now you may well be driving the car you were sitting in uh, while we're talking and you're sitting in that car because Harriet was still awake when we began the interview and you felt that she may attempt to you know enter the room (laughs) so but it's yeah it's appropriate to mention because you are now an ambassador for Tamworth City Toyota so I do have to guess that you are in a Tamworth City Toyota. (laughs) I am look I am sitting here it's quite a big it's quite a nice uh, remote studio also the Kluger. We're so that's such a dream partnership to be honest um I think yeah with Thomas City Toyota and again to to be in the community in the hometown that I am and obviously we're we're traveling a lot this year there's a bunch of stuff we're about to get ready to uh, you know release as well in the next sort of few weeks and so much of my journey no matter where I am whether that's in Australia or overseas or wherever it be the conversation of Tamworth happens um, so it's super 
fulfilling and and I feel really proud that I can have this homegrown relationship with the wonderful team at Tenwa City Toyota and yeah it's it's a luxury I've never known in this car <laughs> I tell you it's very flash for me <laughs> Well, and I would imagine that they would think that you're in a you're a fantastic ambassador for Tamworth, the town. So it is a good match. Yeah, well, I think. Well, I just live and breathe this community. You know, um, it's something I I love. You know, I think it's it's so natural to talk about. It's much like Felicity Urquhart, you know. And there's some amazing artists here that it just there's a really beautiful art culture here in this region as well. So, um, of course, I'm going to talk about it no matter where I am in the world. Yeah. Well, it's been fantastic as ever to talk to you about your music, about Tamworth, about the festival, about the town hall. I'm sure I'll be talking to you again, especially because you have new music coming. Ashley Dallas, what a delight. Oh, (laughs) thank you. So I feel I love when I get to chat with you. I just absolutely, yeah, cherish the time because you're so brilliant at what you do for everything, that the many hats that you wear. So thank you very much for your time. Well, thank you for being brilliant at your music because I appreciate it as a fan. So I'll talk to you soon. That you will. Bye. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Sunburnt Country Music Podcast. For more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things, go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok.